Glory to God. And then we have a special guest speaker this Sunday. Uh, Dr. Andrew Aswake from Abuja, Nigeria will be with us. Great man of God, good friend. And uh, he will be with us in all three services on Sunday. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the word of God tonight. We thank you that it is filled with power and it's alive. And so we speak to us through your word and by your spirit tonight. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. So if you would turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. And uh, notice with me in verse 33. We're doing a series on seeking first the kingdom of God. Matthew the 6th verse, the 33rd verse says, But seek ye first uh, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what's going to happen? Notice it doesn't say that all these things shall be subtracted from us. But if you authentically seek first the kingdom of God, then things are no problema. Amen? All these things shall come upon you and overtake you. You will not have to come upon the things... You just walk with God and seek Him first and use your faith and expect good things to happen. Expect good things to happen. So he says, well, we need a scripture on that. Okay, thank you. Psalms 84, 11. No good thing will He withhold from them that do what? Walk uprightly. Part of seeking first the kingdom of God, if you're going to do it, the right way, it's a good idea to be walking uprightly. Amen? So, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God. That means God first in our lives. Uh, That means Him first in our marriages. Him first on the job, right? Him first everywhere that we go. And as a result, these things shall be added unto you. Amen? Amen. One translation says, But seek ye first the reign of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be adding, added to you. One thing for sure, He's reigning over His own. God reign in me. God reign through me. So we know that there's not a separate will in earth, because the Bible says, May the will of God be done on earth as in heaven. How much crime is in heaven? How many murders happen in heaven today? How much starvation is going on up in glory? You know why? Because God is in complete control there. And so the kingdom of God, as we have said in previous messages, the kingdom of God has to do with the entry and the reign and the rule of God. The kingdom of God is where the Will of God is being done. And it's a good thing to pray that every day over your life. Lord, your kingdom come. Thank you that it's come. And now, Lord, your will be done in my life. Your will be done in my body. Do you know he has a will for your body? He is for your body. Amen? And your body should be for the Lord. When your body is for the Lord, glory to God. Ah, he... He, he, he takes good care of his temples. Amen. Amen. Especially when you live by faith. When you operate and live by faith. 
Nothing in the kingdom of God works apart from faith. Faith is a way of life. Of course, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, For we walk by faith and not by what? We walk by faith and not by sight. So there's two different ways we can go. We can live according to what we see, what we feel, what we hear, what we taste. We can, we can live by that if we choose to, but there's no value in it. There's not any value in, in living by sight. Because everything that we see down here is going to change. It's subject to change. So why not then just live our lives by faith in the eternal truths of God's word, which will never change. But one thing that will happen for us, it'll change you. Anybody need changing? It'll change your mind. It'll change your body. It'll change your attitudes. Hallelujah. It'll even change your altitudes. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. So making that choice daily, the just, and that's you and that's me, the just are going to live by faith. They're going to regulate their lives by faith or by trust. Whatever we see in the word, that's an eternal truth. That's ours. We have it right now. Amen. Amen. So seeking first the kingdom of God. Everything in the kingdom of God operates by faith. The kingdom of God is if a man should cast seed into the ground. Well, let's look over there. Mark chapter 4. Mark the fourth chapter. And uh, let's just notice something here. That's why we never apologize around here about stressing faith. Somebody says, well, the faith movement's over. That's not true. Faith is not really a movement. Faith is a way of life. It's how we live. It's how we breathe. It's how we speak. It's how we see. It's how we walk. Hallelujah. In Mark, the fourth chapter. Um, let, let, let me uh, get over there and I'll find the verse. Mark, chapter four and um, verse 26. There it is. Mark 4, 26. And so is the kingdom of God. As if a man should cast seed into the ground. The seed this is talking about is if a man should cast the word or sow God's word into the soil of their heart or their spirit. And should sleep and rise night and day. And the seed should spring and grow up. So what you plant, if you nurture it properly, and if you water it properly, and you attend to that seed, it is going to spring and it's going to grow up. That's good news, isn't it? I mean, it it may seem like it's not working, but it's a working. Say it with me. God's word word worketh in me mightily. So it should spring and grow up. He doesn't know how. And you don't need to know how. Amen. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. Your spirit is designed when the seed of God's word is in it to produce. If you sow the seed of healing in your spirit, it's going to produce divine life and divine health. If you sow the seed 
of increase, like Pastor Tom did such a great job last week on, in your spirit, it is going to grow and you will experience increase. But not necessarily overnight. But don't get bummed out about that. It's seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. Okay. Now, and should spring and grow up, he doesn't know how, for the earth bring forth fruit of herself, first the blade. Thank God for the blade, Raul. But then the ear. And then after that, the full corn in the ear. Hallelujah. Read verse 29 with me. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because what's come? Hallelujah. I prophesied to you, we're not waiting for harvest time. It's harvest time right now. There's a harvest for us to reap. Amen. A harvest of souls. A harvest of miracles. A harvest of healings. A harvest of people that are behind those gates that Jesus said will not prevail against the church. A harvest of those people coming out because you and I have the keys of the kingdom to set the captives free. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. (laughs) Makes me happy to be a child of God. Aren't you glad that Jesus is your Lord? Let's just raise up our hands and just tell him how much we love him. Lord Jesus, we worship you tonight. We love you and we magnify you. Glory to God. Amen. So the will of God is being done in the kingdom of God. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is among you. Most literally, the kingdom of God is within you. The disciples came and they said, you know, where should we look for the kingdom in Luke? And he says, hey... The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, but the kingdom of God, I am among you. And when we receive him, he's within us. Amen. 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 And so here's what Jesus said. He said, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to do what? To give you the kingdom, which speaks of royal authority and kingdom dominion. Now, I want us to look at Matthew 16. There's a lot in Matthew 16 that I really, really would like to, to, to glean from and to dig into. And I might even do a little bit of it on Sunday mornings. Um, but this is so full, Matthew 16. It is so rich. But let's begin in verse 15 and, and uh, talk about a few little things that we've already talked about, then go a little further. Matthew sixteen fifteen. He saith unto them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood is not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto you that you are Peter. In other words, you're a rock, all right. But upon this massive rock of revelation of who I am, This is what I'm going to build my church upon. And then that's where he says, and the gates of hell, what won't they do? They will not prevail. Any time a person gets hold of the fact of what Jesus did for them, they'd have to be nuts 
not to receive him. No person purposely wants to go go to hell in their right mind. But once they get a glimpse and the light comes, oh, hallelujah, they can step out, amen, of those gates and come on into the kingdom of God and become a living stone in the house of God. Hallelujah. And so there's a lot there that we could, we could go to, but we won't tonight. Now, and I will give unto you, this is what we want to center in on again. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth should be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I think we've made it very clear that the power of binding and loosing is not God's part. God's already done his part. The power of binding and loosing has now been given to us. Amen? In other words, it's in our control. Whatever we stop, whatever we resist, whatever we don't permit, whatever we shut down, heaven backs us up. On the other hand, whatever we release, whatever we loose... Amen. Heaven's got us. Amen. Amen. So then we looked at um, several ways that Jesus exemplified um, the keys and how he used those keys. And, and, and that's kind of where I want to head tonight. I wanna, and I was, I was standing there worshiping God. Uh, this phrase came to me, and I want to talk about this. Keys that set the captives free. Amen. Keys that set the captives free. Okay, so we've talked about this one already. Keys denote authority. A person with the keys to a building can let people in and let people out. Keys denote dominion. Whoever's got the keys to the car, really, or the keys to the house, can decide who gets in, who drives. All those things, right? So basically, whoever has the keys has the control. Do we have the keys? Should we be using them? Yes Yes and yes and yes. Every day. Amen? Amen. So, we looked at how Jesus operated this way. And uh, he did what he did on earth as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. The same Holy Ghost that you and I are anointed with is the same Holy Ghost that Jesus was anointed with. Amen? So he did these things as a man by the unction of the Holy Ghost. For example, we looked at the man with the withered hand. Jesus was showing us how to use those keys. He declared to the man with the withered hand simply this, stretch forth your hand. He didn't stop and pray for him. He was operating in his authority and his dominion and he spoke faith-filled words um, infused with the power of the Holy Spirit to that man with the withered hand, and he was healed. And then there was the woman that was bound with the spirit of infirmity, I think it was either 18 or 38 years. 18 years, that's right, Ronnie, amen. Ronnie would know, I'll tell you that much. Amen. She She was so bound up, and she was bowed over, And she could hardly lift up herself. Jesus came along and spoke words to her that literally (laughs) required her body to be made whole. Here's what he said. He said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. 
And she got completely healed by the power of God. Now, I don't know that Jesus yelled it or screamed it. It's not yelling or screaming the word that matters. It's are your words filled with faith. And never ever trust in your ability to produce results. Always trust on the God on the inside of you, His Word and His Spirit to produce results. Now don't misunderstand me, we're co-laborers. He needs a voice in the earth. You are that voice. He needs feet in the earth. We are those feet. Amen? Amen. But oh, it's liberating when you just come to a place of believing and resting and trusting and speaking God's word over situations. The man at the pool of Bethesda. He says, I have no man. You know, when the water's troubled, I don't have any man to put me in. Jesus said, hey, rise, take up your bed and walk. Did he get up? Did he walk? Jesus was showing us how to use these keys. Now, there's different keys that you can use at different times. And that's why it's important to be led by the Spirit as to which key you're going to use at what time. And the Spirit of God will lead you in that. Amen? Prayer is a key, right? But Jesus wasn't talking about prayer when he spoke and said, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. He wasn't talking about prayer when he said, stretch forth thine hand. Amen. He was giving us the example of declaration and of faith-filled words which carry creative power to bring to pass exactly what's being said. Oh, that's good news. Well, somebody says, yeah, but that was Jesus. Well, let me remind you this. He that is joined unto the Lord is one with him. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says it like this. For he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Mm-hmm. Say this with me. I'm one with him. I'm one. He's one with me. One. I'm in union with him. I'm, union. I'm, one I'm one spirit. And I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. And Christ is in me. Christ the, expectation the expectation of the glory of God, glory of God. flowing through me. Thank you, Jesus. Now, for those who, who doubt that they're able to do this, never will be able to do it. You've, you've got to overcome the hurdle of doubt and get into the arena of faith. Now, this scripture ought to do it. John 14, 12. Let's look at that and they can pull that up. John, the 14th chapter and the 12th verse. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me. Well, we got a bunch of believers here tonight. Are you a believer? He that believeth on me, the works, the works, the works that I do, shall he do also. He's talking about believers. He's not talking about apostles and pastors and teachers. They ought to be doing it too. But believers. Problem is, there's too many unbelieving believers around. They have the form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. And as long as there is a denial of the power, there will be no manifestation. But that ain't us. I said, that ain't us. We that faith bunch. We that believing bunch. 
We that power bunch. We that Holy Ghost bunch. We that divine healing, tongue talking, walking by faith and not by sight bunch. That's who we are. <laughs> Amen. So he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Now that does away with this thought. Well, what he did is passed away. No. Then you'd have to eliminate Hebrews 13.8, which says Jesus Christ is the same. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. But you know what? He'll be the same forever. That means all that he ever did, he's doing today. All that he ever did yesterday, he'll do tomorrow. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that just excites me. So the works that I do, shall he do also. Then he goes on to say, and greater works than these shall he do. Why? Because I've gone to my Father. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So let's talk about these keys that set the captives free. Anybody seen any captives recently? I saw ton, I mean, megatons of them a week ago. I mean, you talk about, my goodness, and this is not being critical, but it's like a good friend of mine said, most people in the world are either asleep or dead. And I'm telling you, the death in people's eyes, the death in people's walk. How many of you know God loves them? They're captive and they're blinded. And the only thing that will set them free is the light of the glorious gospel and the manifestation of truth. For it is the truth that sets the captives free. Amen? Look at Luke chapter 4, if you would. And notice with me in verse 18. Luke, the fourth chapter, the 18th verse. Believe me to show you who to minister to. Believe me and expect me to bring people across your path to speak a word in season. It may just be a smile. It may be an encouraging word. But you are my people, and you are my ambassadors, and you are my witnesses in the earth. So don't go about your life with your head down, thinking about all the things that are going on around. Oh, forget those things, and keep your eyes on me, and be an ambassador for me, and go forth and set the captives free. What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? Set the captives free. I told Brenda on the way in tonight, if Jesus set me free, and if he can set me free, and he did, he can set anybody free. (laughs) I know that's right. I'm looking at the front row, a bunch of you the same way. Amen. If he did it for you, Raul, he'll deal it for anybody. If he did it for you, he'll do it for anybody in the Philippine Islands. I mean, the toughest cases. I mean, the bigger they are, glory to God, the harder they're going to fall. Fall to their knees. Amen.
Okay, so let's, let's work with this a minute. Now, Father, I thank you for giving utterance tonight. Look at Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Luke, the fourth chapter and the 18th verse. So we see then these, these keys. We want to we wanna look at some of these keys that set the captives free. And when we identify them, mix faith with it, and then be ready to use them. Be ready to use them. In uh, Luke chapter 4 and in verse 18, of course, this is right after the master was, was tempted of the devil, right? And the Bible says that he returned in the power of the Spirit, uh, you know, into back into uh, where he was going. In verse 14 is what I'm looking for. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. Don't you know it's a good thing to walk in the Spirit? And wherever you're going, go with the Holy Ghost? Well, that's how Jesus was. He returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went a fame of him throughout all the region about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. It was interesting to me that Jesus was consistently teaching and preaching and demonstrating the kingdom of God. He was, he was, he was uh, tenacious, if you will, about getting the truth into them. Amen? All right. And so it goes on to say here that, um, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all, verse 15. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. This was his hometown. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Now that's a side journey right there. It was customary for him to go to church. The synagogue was their church of that day. Amen. Amen? Not just once every month, like the national average is. It's maybe two attendances in a month. Maybe one and... Two months. But thank God we're calling this place full. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it was his custom. And he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, notice with me, he found. Everyone say he found. Why did he have to find it? If he was God, he was God, but he was also the God man. Amen. Amen. So he found, he found what? He found the place where it was written. He's our example. Is it good for us to find the word? You can memorize the word, but there's nothing like finding the word. Have your sword handy. Amen. And he stood up for to read. There was delivered unto him the book of Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Let's read verse 18 together. The Spirit of the Lord, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives. And recover his sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, read verse 19 as well, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. 
Two things here. The Holy Spirit anointed him. And when he was anointed with the Holy Spirit, he didn't preach out of his mind. He preached under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And it makes all the difference in the world. Paul said, in my preaching and my teaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but your faith should be in the power of God. So Jesus is our example was full of the Holy Ghost. He'd get up a great while before day and he'd depart into a solitary place and he would pray. What was he doing? He was getting full for the day. Woo! That's our example. Don't leave home without some time with him. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. But what I want you to see in Luke chapter 4 here, is the Holy Spirit anointed him to preach. And the preaching of the word would set those captives free. A person that is blind is captive. But it is the anointed preaching of the word that can set them free. A person that is so broken by life circumstances and by all of the challenges and all of the things in life, they're broken hearted by divorce, they're broken hearted by abuse. The anointed preaching of the word of the living God will set them free. It'll take a broken heart and make them whole again. But what I want you to see is this. You are anointed. Amen. Yeah. That, that, didn't, that didn't register. It did on about two or three of you. I said, you are anointed. You have an unction from the Holy One. For you have received power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Woo, glory to God. Yeah. Nothing wrong with you getting up in the morning and looking in the mirror and saying, by the grace of God, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. Now listen, the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit are keys to set the captives free. The manifestation The working of miracles, which Jesus operated in. The gift of faith, which he operated in. The manifestations of the Holy Ghost, I submit to you, are part of our keychain. Hallelujah. They're part of our keychain. They belong to the church. And they are to be coveted. And they are to be pursued. And they are to be expected to manifest in our lives individually and in our church corporately. The gifts of the Spirit 
are keys that set the captives free. Someone said, what's the best gift? The best gift of the Spirit is the gift that's needed at the time. Right? I mean, if a person needs a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge that will help them in their life and that will set them on a right course, the Spirit of God can use us in those things. As a matter of fact, He can so use us in those things that we don't even really are aware that we're being used that way. He'll anoint you to say some things way out beyond yourself. He'll anoint you to say some things, to be some places, and to minister in some ways that you're not even aware of. What we're talking about is flowing in the river of the supernatural, supernaturally, and even natural to the born-again believer. Amen? Amen? It's wonderful. Gifts of the Spirit. The word of knowledge. The word of wisdom. The manifestation of the truth functioning and flowing by the help of the Holy Ghost. So, he's out there preaching. And he told us, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But before you go into all the world and preach the gospel, tarry ye here in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And when you get that clothing on you, like Brenda was talking about Sunday night, when you get that Holy Spirit upon you, then go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. But these signs, come on, everyone say signs. These signs shall follow them that what? He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. And he goes on to list the different signs. And then it goes on to say, so then they went forth and they preached everywhere. Should we be preaching everywhere? Your life is an epistle read of all men. The way we conduct ourselves, the way we live is a sermon. But so then the Lord, they went everywhere Preaching everywhere. And the Lord worked with them. And what did he do? He confirmed. In other words, he brought to pass that which they were preaching with what? Signs following. So I submit to you tonight that being filled with the Holy Ghost and being filled with the word and speaking God's word to people and ministering life to people around you is, in fact, keys that will set the captives free. And you don't have to be super duper to do it. You don't have to wave your coat to do it. I'm not against waving coats. Not against that at all. You don't have to blow on people to do it. I'm not against that. Not against any of it. It's all good. But let's not separate ourselves from the supernatural 
just because some people are used, especially in certain areas. Let's understand this, that we're all vessels of God. And that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the power may be of God and not of us. Hallelujah. I'm just dropped by tonight to tell you, you've been anointed. And you got something to say. You got something to do. You got someone to lay hands on somewhere. You got someone to encourage. There's someone in your life that's captive that you hold the keys to set them free. And you know, it may just be you sitting down with them and having coffee. And saying, let's have a Bible study. It may just be you opening up the word. And doing some discipleship with them and letting them know who they are, what they have, and what they can do in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Now, we're doing good. i got a few more minutes. Hallelujah. Now, the name of Jesus is a big key. It's a big key. The name of Jesus. The Bible says, wherefore God has exalted him. And given him the name. Let's look at it. Philippians 2 verse 9 through 11. Thank you, Lord. You're getting washed tonight. You're being encouraged tonight. You're being taught tonight. You're being exhorted tonight. You're better for being in this place. Then you would be at home sucking on a television. Watching how the belly burns. Brother Copeland, I think, said years ago, you watch General Hospital long enough during the day, you may end up there in General Hospital. (laughs) Kenneth makes it real plain. (laughs) Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Some people are so indoctrinated and saturated with, what do they call those shows during the day? Soap operas. Soap operas. That they literally think it's real. Someone came up to Brother Hagin one time and says, I want to request prayer for Ma something or another. Ma Perkins. Ma Perkins. She's someone, some character on one of those soap operas. She's going through a trial. <laughs> it's unreal. The unreal world. The reason why that we don't walk by sight is because the things that we see, they have no value. And walking by faith is walking by the sight of a higher kind. Wherefore God has highly exalted him, given him the name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things where? In heaven and in earth and under the earth. That includes beings in heaven, beings in earth, and beings under the earth. That covers it all, doesn't it? So every knee is going to bow. Let's read the next verse, verse 11. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Would you agree with me tonight that there's power in the name of Jesus? There's power in the name of Jesus. When we speak his name in faith, 
we see results and we can see the captives set free. Now here's what Jesus said in John 14, 14. And I know I'm quoting a lot of scriptures tonight, but that's all right. You can listen to it later. John 14, 14 says, if, any, if you shall ask anything in my name, what will I do? I will do it. That's not prayer. That's not the ask, which he says in John 16, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, I will give it you. Ask that you may receive that your joy may be full. This ask in John 14, 14 is the word require or demand. What Jesus has done, he's given us a set of keys. And on this keychain is the name of Jesus. And he said, now, whatever you demand in my name, I will do it. Now, you're not demanding anything of him. He is to be revered and to be honored. But anything under the law of sin and death, anything of the curse that shows its head up, you can require that to stop. You can require that to be shut down in the name of Jesus. It might be a tumor. It might be whatever the case may be. It may be debt. It may be lack. You can shut it down and require it to line up. It's in your control. Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loosed. Now in closing, let's look over to Acts chapter 3. Acts, the third chapter. Everyone say, I've been given the name name. above every name. name. Hallelujah. Can the name of Jesus stop rebellion in your home? If you're the head of the home, whether you're a single parent, whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, if there's stuff going on in your household that shouldn't be there, you can shut it down. But if you allow it, Shut it down. Because I'm the senior pastor of this church, anything that goes south here, any rebellion, any wolf that shows up, no problem. We just shut them down. Somebody says, you mean you go talk to them and punch them out? And... Well, I've felt like that a time or two. No, you just shut it down. How do you shut it down, pastor? You shut it down in the name of Jesus. As the head of the home, you've got authority. As the head of the church, under the chief shepherd, we have authority. We have dominion. We don't put up with shenanigans around here. Aren't you glad? That's why we don't have strife here. That's why we don't have racial issues here. So he says, you don't? Why don't you? Because we don't allow it. We just don't give it any place. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Some of you are going to get this in the middle of the night. You're going to say, oh man, I need to shut that down. Maybe we should shut the rain off for a while. Turn the faucet off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It works up in airplanes. 
It works up in jets. When you get on a jet, you put your hand on that jet and say, I'm a child of the king, and I'm taking this jet over in the name of Jesus, and I don't care what may come our way, we're going to the other side. Acts, the third chapter. I like to shout. I like to sing. I've got the keychain in my possession. I've got the keys. How about you? You got the keys? Hallelujah. What are you going to do with them keys? Oh, glory to God. Man, if a Rolls Royce pulled up outside and someone handed you the keys, you'd be in that car and you'd be heading out. You'd be using them keys. Well, God's done a whole lot more than give us a Rolls Royce. He's given us the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And keys denote access to all the riches of God. So in Acts, the third chapter. And I know I've preached long enough, but we're going to preach a little longer. I don't get to preach Sunday, so the offering may go into extra innings. Pastor, how long do I have to preach? Well, let's see how long it takes to receive the offering. All right. Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John went together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain lame man, man lame from his mother's womb. That's a long time was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them, and that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, and John said, Look on us. Ooh, they're about to use a key. He said, Look on us. Look on us. Look on us. Look on us. We got something here. We don't have much in the natural, but we've got something beyond the natural. we got the supernatural key, the word of the living God in the name of Jesus, and we've got faith in him. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something. Thought he was going to get some money, right? Then Peter said, here's the word going forth. Here's the word being released. Silver and gold have I none. Read it together with me. But such as I have, give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He takes the name and uses it as a key, and he requires that lame man's bones to be whole. If you shall demand. They were under the unction of the Holy Spirit here. You just don't do that without him. Amen? But notice what happened. And he took him up by the right hand and lifted him up. And three years later, thank God for some immediate things, right? And immediately his feet and ankle bones, what did they receive? And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping Walking and leaping and praising God. I think that there's some people that are lame that should be walking. I think that there's some people that are broken hearted that should be whole. Amen. I think there's some people with cancers in their bodies that should be set free from tumors. 
I think that there's some people with some arthritis and other itis things in their bodies that they should be set free of. You're his hands, you're his feet. And a wise ambassador brings healing. A wise ambassador functions by faith in the name. Now, they were upset about this guy getting healed. And the religious leaders called him in and said, what happened? We don't know what's going on here. And in verse 16, it says, and his name through what? And his name through what? Faith in his name. It's not just flippantly saying the name, but it's faith in his name. Has made this man strong. Whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which is by him. That could be the gift of faith. Has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Woo, glory to God. Will faith in his name do the same thing today that it did yesterday? Stand up. That's good for tonight. Thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands and thank him for what we've heard tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for the ability to rebuke fevers. Thank you for the ability to say, woman, you're loose from thine infirmity. Thank you for the ability and the unction to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. Lord, we believe in your word. And we believe and have faith in the keys that you've given us. Help us, Lord, to be faithful, not to while our time away. But look for opportunities every day to be a blessing and to be a conduit, if you will, of your anointing and your love and your grace to those around us. Lord, we know that there are many people in the Bay Area that are just, they're dead and they're asleep. But oh, thank God, you said in your word that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And so, Father, help us to take those keys, even tomorrow night, the key of prayer, and just release people from the bondages of sin and the bondage of darkness. Oh, Lord, we declare, let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, did you get anything good tonight? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. And uh, I do want to pray for people that have not yet received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And we will do that in a a few moments. If you are here today and you want to get back to God, maybe you've gotten away from Him. Or you'd like to be born again. You'd like to receive Him as your Savior. Be glad to pray for you. Be just, just rejoice to do that.